0: Welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lin, and this is the MongoDB podcast. Today on the show, Anand Kanapan. Anand is co-founder and CEO of Patronus AI, the industry-first automated AI evaluation and security platform to help enterprises catch LLM mistakes at scale. They're backed by Lightspeed Venture Partners, Gokul Rajaram, Replit CEO Amjad Massad, and Fortune 500 executives and board members. Previously, Anand led ML explainability and advanced experimentation efforts at Meta Reality Labs, and exited a quant hedge fund backed by Mark Cuban. Anand, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. So awesome to be here, Michael. Really excited for this conversation. As am I. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Patronus, and I want to get a little bit of background about the company. But before we do that, let's set the stage for the space that patronus lives in it's amazing what's happening in the ai space the explosive growth and the number of companies entering the market the capabilities delivered by ai is just mind blowing but what shocked me is when i started to read about the reliability of ai shockingly low and some of the statistics i read something along the lines of 81% of of interactions in the financial services space were were contain some type of hallucination. And that that just kind of blows my mind. So the space is ripe for someone to come in with a tool that can increase reliability. With that in mind, what is the mission of Patronus?
1: yeah definitely the mission of Patronus is ultimately to help boost confidence in generative ai uh, and we're you know living in a world where like you said there are lots uh, of exciting things happening uh, and the speed at which things are happening is is uh, very exciting to see but at the same time uh, a lot of companies are equally concerned about the potential risks and the concerns that might occur as they are using generative AI for a number of different types of use cases. And of course, for not just enterprises, but especially enterprises in regulated industries, they wanna make sure that if they are using uh, generative AI in mission critical scenarios, that the margin of error is incredibly low And so, of course, being able to not just measure performance, but also be able to really understand where some of these potential mistakes are happening is incredibly important. And that's exactly the types of things that we focus on at Patronus AI, where we help companies be able to catch things like hallucinations, unexpected behavior and other types of unsafe outputs in a much more automated and scalable way.
0: And so we've announced recently a partnership with MongoDB. What does that partnership look like?
1: Yeah, so the partnership is very focused around how do we ultimately get reliable retrieval systems in the hands of enterprise customers so they feel very confident in its performance uh, and ultimately the value that it brings to uh ultimately the end users of something like this. And so with MongoDB's Atlas Vector VectorServe product, which is very focused around the actual retrieval components itself, along with Autonis's capabilities to do things like evaluation, testing, and monitoring, you get a full package, a full joint offering that ultimately companies feel a lot more confident in in terms of when they bring something to production to their enterprise customers. Yeah, yeah, great.
0: So synergy, (laughs) I love that. So Anand, I'm curious about your background. I mean, it's a pretty impressive background for launching Patronus. Were you involved in at the MetaReality Labs? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. My
1: background is actually primarily in applied ML, especially ML interpretability and explainability. And I was actually one of the early data scientists in the MetaReality Labs org, which used to be just the Oculus team and then included the Portal team and a number of other teams, a number of new types of products, especially hardware-related products that Meta was working on. And actually back in 2018, uh, the org was around 2,000 people and it grew to 20,000 people over a few years. And so the org saw uh, a lot of growth uh, very quickly. And a lot of things I did was to set up a lot of the early data science and ML foundations for things like causal inference, advanced experimentation, explainability, and a number of other things to ultimately make models and uh, model techniques a lot more usable, especially in an enterprise and organizational context. A lot of the things that we used to think about were uh, how do we make sure that The decisions that are made, especially from a business or organizational standpoint, are in line with what is expected or aligned with what needs to be accomplished. And at the same time, of course, there was a tremendous amount of growth across other parts of Meta, especially from the AI research side of things, which my co founder, Rebecca, one of the other co founders of Paternus AI, was very involved with. And so she was actually leading responsible NLP initiatives and worked with the folks that trained Llama and Llama2. And she actually, for example, trained the first large language model training with a fairness objective. So a lot of things we've thought about is things like evaluation and testing against different types of models. And of course, that's become the big question over the past year, which is how do we make sure that we get language models and language model systems are a lot more reliable for real use across real world use case scenarios.
0: So I'm curious, why are models so unreliable? And why are there so many hallucinations? Yeah,
1: so I'd say there's a number of different reasons why Few different things. It might start with, for example, typically the underlying distribution of the data that was used to train the models is not necessarily aligned with the types of practical use cases that you're seeing enterprises use models for today. And so there's this long right tail of scenarios and edge cases that haven't really been covered in the way that you'd expect and the way that you'd in the way that you'd want. And funny enough I'd say the coverage of how the models perform today is also Not aligned with how companies are using them today. So, typically, today when a new LLM is released, uh, folks talk about how well the models perform against academic benchmarks. Uh, And so, typically, these academic benchmarks cover Mm -hmm. things like, for example, questions from the LSAT or 11th grade history questions, but they don't necessarily cover the types of things enterprise leaders care about, which might be how well do language models perform on answering financial questions, or how well can it serve as a customer tra- customer support chatbot, for example. And yeah. the data ultimately is not necessarily, not only just not aligned with what companies are using language models for today, but it's also not very transparent how these models are actually trained. And so for those reasons, it's really important to make sure that you do have some more visibility into how exactly the models perform, not just before you deploy something, but also <laughs> even after you have something in production with your end customers.
0: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how Patronus works to catch hallucinations? Yeah.
1: So we actually have uh, a number of different pieces to our product. Some of the the main components are one is our web platform and the second is our API. The web platform is what customers use today to be able to experiment with language model systems from more of an offline perspective where they can do things like scenario testing, benchmarking, experimentation, and uh, and ways to really understand from a pre-deployment perspective how, Things might perform against very specific use cases. And then the API is something that companies use in a much more real time or runtime type of way. And so, this is where you might, for example, have you might use the product inside of your chat assistant to be able to not just log and track outputs, but also be able to even filter or modify outputs before it goes out to the end user. But customers are also using the API to have automated unit testing via CI CD pipelines. So, they, just have a lot more rigor. Mm-hmm. How they are continuously measuring and testing for performance.
0: So, as a developer, I'm developing an app that's rag-based, and I want to increase the reliability of the responses that I get. Patronus would be leveraged as a part of the the pipeline. Exactly. Like.
1: So, this is actually one of the things yeah. that we published as a part of the partnership announcement, which was a 10-minute guide to. How to use MongoDB Atlas and Patronus to get a much more reliable retrieval system. And so the challenge with retrieval systems today is that it's just very complex in the number of design choices that you have to make just as a starting point. And for example, that might be the chunking strategy that you're using or the indexer type or the retrieval algorithm or mm-hmm. whether or not you're fine tuning the embedding model or even just how you're constructing your base prompt. And anytime you make even a small tweak to that system design, You might ultimately get very different performance. And so we're starting to see a lot of companies struggle with how they do that in a much more systematic way. And so with Patronus as a part of that pipeline, you can now continuously measure changes to your system to ultimately understand how that impacts performance. And so not only do you have visibility into specific cases that might be potential hallucinations, but you can also monitor that in much more of a real-time and live setting using our monitor, monitoring and observability features in our web platform.
0: So it's in a real-time sense, I can get a, a scoring based on the response from the model itself, and I can keep track of that over time. And ultimately, how does that surface to, to the end user of my application? Is, I guess it's dependent upon me as the developer of the RAG-based application what to do with the information I get back from patron Absolutely.
1: So from an end user perspective, uh, for example, uh, when you have something like this in real time, you might be able to prevent hallucinations from getting to the end user. Uh, and so uh, as a final part mm-hmm. of the, the pipeline, what you want to make sure is that any outputs that are generated by the language model uh, are not Unexpected and not necessarily, for example, instances where the model refuses to respond to something, even though the answer exists, or perhaps the model produces something that is completely inaccurate. And those types of things, of course, can in the in in kind of the most lightweight way, might be a, a kind of a funny occurrence to see. Uh, but of course, in the worst example, uh, it might be something that is uh, potentially harmful to the company's brand and reputation, and potentially might even flag security concerns and even in violate regulations in the worst case for some of the types of mission critical scenarios that regulated companies are, are using AI for.
0: So reliability in the responses. I, I love the, the concept of brand reputation protection, super valuable in that space. Are there other components or, or features of Patronus that, that we need to be aware Absolutely. of?
1: Absolutely. So I'd say that there are multiple pieces to the rag pipeline where you can use Patronus for evaluation. So I'd say that there's three main components. So the first is where you're actually creating an evaluation dataset. So this is something that you can actually use our API for to actually generate really creative and also challenging examples that you can use for your evaluation dataset. And so that's really the first step is just having a starting point. And the second step is when you actually have retrieval systems set up, let's say with MongoDB's Atlas Vector Store solution, what you want to make sure is that the context that's being retrieved in order to answer a question is actually good. It's actually accurate and relevant. And being able, be, being able to even measure that is a, is a challenging thing. And and so at the beginning of this, uh, you mentioned that we recorded some research around how 81% of, of examples tend to contain potential hallucinations, especially with our Benchmark and Financial Services, which we reported and was covered by CNBC in December. That was something that we were able to talk about how mm-hmm. in a lot of cases is actually the context that's just not being retrieved correctly. So being able to measure that is really important as well. And that's the second step. And then the third step is, let's say that you do have good context how do you know that the outputs that are generated are also correct and good according to the context that was retrieved? And so that's where we also measure things like hallucinations and relevance in order to really be able to quantify and score and give you results around whether or not the outputs actually pass or fail according to the context and ultimately what the end user should expect.
0: I mean, it seems like a logical gap in in what AI is providing today, but were there other things that, that provided it the impetus to, to launch and create Patronus? Absolutely.
1: So I'd say when we initially got started, we just, as we talked to, we talked to around 60 companies or, over the first six weeks uh, when we were initially doing a lot of market validation. And what we heard was that a lot of companies across the board, across different types of industries were all facing a lot of very similar problems. Uh, but what was really interesting was that some of the largest companies we talked to were spending tens of millions of dollars on Uh, very manual ways to actually evaluate and test language models uh, in general. And that was something that we we noticed. uh, And what they were doing was that they uh, actually uh, had budgets for internal QA teams and external consultants to actually manually create test cases and manually grade outputs and spreadsheets. And so we realized pretty quickly that that would be a very Slow and expensive process. And so we wanted to continue to develop ways to make that entire process a lot more automated. And so at Paternus, what we actually do is a lot of applied air research work that we then translate into real product and customer value. And because NLP is so empirical, there are a lot of experiments that we're running to be able to understand what techniques work the best for evaluation and because evaluation is still very much an open research problem we do have a very strong research emphasis to how we approach things but ultimately the end user is able to be able to use a lot of our developer focus capabilities to to have the tooling to ultimately catch these types of problems in advance but also as they have things in production as well
0: yeah so it, it must be a massive challenge around maintaining knowledge of of all of the things happening in the model space. I mean, you've got to know about people leveraging basically all models, is that correct? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'd say among most companies in the AI space in general, I'd say of course we have to be on top of every new development that comes out and of course it's an incredibly exciting time where we're seeing new models released every week. There are over 30,000 models now on Hugging Face and of course most popular commercial models like OpenAI for example, are pushing updates every two weeks to their models and that kind of atmosphere is really exciting but at the same time what that means is that every language model is a moving target at the end of the day and so because of that what we recommend is that the evaluation against those models also has to move as well and what we're also seeing is that given how quickly things are changing we are seeing a lot of alone developers out there that are cherry picking results and talking about how their models are the state of the art and so what ends up happening is we're talking to a lot of enterprises that are very confused about what they should be doing today they're very confused about what models they should be they should be selecting for their use cases they're confused about performance and how their trends over time and, and so given that proliferation having some kind of external third party that they can trust is something that we've continued to hear and actually funny enough there was an article that came out about patronus a few months ago where it talks about Turner becoming the Moody's of AI, and what's interesting about that is that mm. ultimately companies want an unbiased and independent perspective on LM quality and performance, and so they ultimately they ultimately feel that having a product like that is very complementary to the language models that they're using is incredibly important to partner with. And so we're, as a company, very complimentary with anyone that is pre-training foundation models. So for example, the OpenAI's of the world, and we're also very complimentary with the companies that are offering, for example, fine-tuning services. And so being able to really understand performance, whether it's comparing fine-tuned models versus base models, or commercial models versus open source models, or <laughs> smaller quantized models versus the larger versions of those models, are all inc- incredibly important comparisons that people want to be able to make and having some kind of external perspective and of course a tool that can help them with that is something that has has given us a lot of attention more recently as well
0: yeah when i first read about the use case and about the mission of patronus my my natural thought was to think why can't the models themselves improve their own reliability but now that you mention it being a third party and having that i guess trust having the trust of being a, a third party It kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I'd say that a big reason that companies also partner partner with us is that they see us as the experts in this space when it comes to language model evaluation and really understanding how do you optimize your systems to get to better performance. And especially Mm -hmm. given how fast uh, the market is moving, like you said, the lot of enterprises that don't necessarily today have the AI expertise to figure out how to solve these types of problems. And we're talking to companies where now they're spending more time on the evaluation and testing piece of it than they are with the initial prototyping phase uh, of their product itself. Uh, And so they're getting into this point where LLM APIs like OpenAI have made it incredibly easy for developers to get something up and running very quickly. But then that last mile of getting things to really work in the way that you want has become much more than just a single mile. It's just become a much more challenging arduous process to figure out. And so that's where we come in where Of course, the product brings a lot of those capabilities to them, but being able to partner with a company that has that expertise in the space is something that companies are really excited about.
0: Yeah, and I see this. So I just had a great discussion with, with Chris Chang from Gradient. And one of the things he mentioned, which really stuck with me, was that nearly every company is prototyping AI applications. But it's so difficult to get to that last mile to get to that last 20% to bring your applications to production. And Patronus seems like a a natural fit to to help enterprises do that. Now, we've talked about Patronus in the financial services space, and that's a huge chunk of applications out there. But are there other industries that you're addressing?
1: Absolutely. I'd say that uh, our platform itself is, is very generalizable in terms of the fact that it can apply to a number of different industries. And so we have enterprise customers across a number of different industries, including not just finance, but also legal and automotive and education and other types of regulated industries as well. And across the board, we're seeing that enterprises are in different parts of their AI journey. And typically with the larger enterprises, we're also seeing that they're starting with internal development and testing to really understand what a prototype could look like. And then the first launch that they do is actually an internal launch. And so they bring it to employees across the company. So in the case of finance, we're seeing companies that are developing retrieval systems on top of their financial documents, and they're bringing it to analysts across the firm, to be able to understand how well it performs. And then most of these companies also do have longer term aspirations to bring this to external clients as well, where they want to be able to have, for example, some kind of a chat assistant or some other type of use case that is much more external facing. But of course, when you get to that point in your journey, you have even more check boxes that you want to be able to check off. And that might be across a wide variety of things, which might include things like tone of voice or style or conciseness or language or brand alignment or not mentioning competitors even or not mentioning controversial topics. And then there are also a number of more standard types of metrics that companies want to make sure that they check off, including things like PAI, toxicity, business sense of information, coherence, relevance, engagingness, bias. And of course, in a much more retrieval perspective, like I mentioned before, being able to make sure that outputs are actually accurate and reliable and also ultimately relevant to the things that they you know, want to be able to use language models for is incredibly important. And so having that kind of broad uh, spectrum of things that they can ultimately test for is something that customers have been really excited about.
0: Yeah, it's almost like an, a new layer in the architecture that's being introduced for folks that want to increase the reliability of their applications and even their applicability of the application in their specific space Patronus seems like it's carving out a new layer in the architecture. Reliability is important for gaining trust and for enterprises looking to launch applications, and they want to increase the reliability of their applications. It's going to be important for, for them to be able to trust Patronus. But in that also, they're going to be concerned about security and compliance. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done with Patronus to, to ensure security and compliance. Absolutely.
1: I'd say that the interesting part about security is that, especially in the context of AI, I'd say that the definition of security has changed a bit, where it's no longer just about third-party threats and adversarial actors, but it's also about ultimately making sure that the quality and performance of AI systems are in line with the standards that you have across the company and also of course regulatory standards as well and so a lot of things that we do around security are in line with that but ultimately being able to make sure that different types of vulnerabilities are caught ahead of time is really important And so historically people look to the OWASP top 10 security vulnerabilities as a way to understand what are the types of things that, as a baseline you need to be able to address and actually OWASP released one more recently in the past year that is specific to LM vulnerabilities And we actually check off almost all of the boxes there uh, when it comes to things like uh, prompt injections and data poisoning and and a number of different types of things. I'd say in terms of where we're at in the market, we haven't really seen any major security incidents with LLMs uh, that have been widely publicized at all. And so we're still quite early in terms of where the market is at. But I'm confident that in several months, we are going to get to a point where some of those traditional security checkboxes need to be taken care of. And so we're already working with security teams and enterprises today that are using us to be able to have those types of guardrails set up very early on. The other thing that's also interesting about what's happened in the market is this democratization of AI over the past year, where it's no longer just ML engineers and data scientists that are thinking about these systems, but it's traditional software engineers. And beyond software engineers, there are folks like product managers and designers and Applying compliance and BD folks, like you mentioned as well, that are all that all have an eye into helping develop the broader system. And because there are folks like this that are involved with the development of something like this, they're applying a lot of traditional software testing practices that they're very used to since the 90s, for example. The problem with language models is that because they're generative by nature, it's very difficult to actually quantify performance in the same way that you would with traditional unit testing and integration testing. And so being able to set that up that established and standardized framework is exactly where companies are using
0: Patronus today. So I'd like to think a little bit about the future. And I want to first uh, talk about what's next for Patronus.
1: Absolutely. So ultimately, the long-term vision for Patronus is to become the evaluation platform for everything and for everyone. And everything that we're focused on today is around text and language. But beyond that, we have a number of different capabilities in our roadmap to support Customers that are using language models for code generation and code completion and things like that. And also, of course, there's been a lot of excitement around multimodal models and being able to use images as a part of mm-hmm. developing products as well and being able to develop new experiences that way. And so being able to make sure that images that are generated are also you know, high quality and in line with what is expected those kinds of things we know are going to become even bigger topics as multimodal models improve over time as well. And so our capabilities are, our plan is to extend those capabilities to beyond just text and language and even beyond just language models in general. And so being able to really properly evaluate and test in a much more scalable way is something that we're hearing across the board. And so long provisions is to be able to 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 tackle all those types of challenging problems over time.
0: Yeah, it's good to see uh, you're aligning Patronus with the developments in the industry, multimodal models. What else do you see for the future of of AI in general?
1: Absolutely, I'd say there's the exciting part about where we're at today is that there are actually, in my opinion, there's a lot of uh, applications that just haven't even begun or haven't even been realized yet, just because of how powerful this technology really is. And I expect there to be a lot of new applications that companies are going to continue to develop as they you know experiment and prototype over the next several months and the interesting part is that uh, over 50% of enterprises haven't even started to think about generative AI and so there's a study that came out from Morgan Stanley a couple of months ago that talked about how, from a survey, over 50% of enterprise leaders are only expecting to really get started with language models in H2 of this year. And so I'd say there's a, a lot that's going to come out uh, over time. And uh, and even beyond, like I mentioned, text and code and, and other things that everyone's talking about today, I'm also really excited, of course, about the applications of things like language models and new technologies and robotics as well. And uh, I continue to hear about how even evaluation for robotics is is very much an early and unsolved problem. Being able to do that, especially from a data perspective, and of course, getting high quality evaluation data and also training data for robotics is going to be something that we see being much more applicable. And of course, as we get more generally intelligent robots in the future, of course have to feed in a lot of text data from things like underlying documents and of course retrieval systems that will also play a role in things like that longer term so i also see the applications of what people are doing today even with retrieval systems is going to extend far beyond just more traditional document-based workflows but even into newer types of technology that just haven't even been realized yet
0: yeah okay the importance of reliability In the application space, absolutely critical. I mean, for the financial services industry, for the healthcare industry, can't think of anything more important, except maybe reliability in the robotics space. Now, when you've got AI bridging the gap to the physical world through robotics, (laughs) I, I can't even imagine what hallucinations look like with a robot. So, are there are there folks doing that today with Patronus in the robotics space? I'd say not yet. There are, I've had
1: some conversations with different folks in that space in general, but I'd say it is quite early to get to that point. And I'm not sure when that'll happen, but I'd say that ultimately given the way, given how fast the market is moving in terms of how quickly things like language models have pro- progressed in terms of performance, even over the last couple of years, it's really exciting to see how things will happen I think a big component of this is really being able to measure performance really well and not just from an individual customer perspective but even from a broader industry and so what has also made us a lot more popular more recently is our focus around benchmarks and being able to define and really popularize benchmarks is something that we've been focused on and you alluded to this in the beginning of the episode where we actually worked on a benchmark for finance called finance bench which became really popular over the last couple of months And this is a benchmark that we developed, which was really focused on helping companies really understand and evaluate language model performance on financial questions and help with public filings like 10Ks, 10Qs, 8Ks, earnings calls, things like that. And we did that with a lot of ecological validity to ultimately be able to give people the confidence that this is something that was developed with domain experts from folks that work in capital markets, equity research, MBA backgrounds, folks like that. And so being able to have those types of benchmarks will definitely be helpful as we get to higher order types of applications. Yeah.
0: I'm just thinking about the volumes of data that that Patronus will have access to. And I imagine it's going to be anonymized, of course, but to be able to understand the reliability of the usage of models across many different applications, I can't imagine a more valuable set of data. So it, it's good to see. So benchmarks coming out of that, is, is that the source of the data?
1: Yeah, so the benchmarks themselves are more of a standardized way to ultimately understand performance. But the problem with benchmarks Mm -hmm. over the last several years is that because they've been open sourced and they're all academic focused, they have been trained on. And so people don't really trust academic benchmarks anymore. And so our approach has been pretty different here, where we are very focused on being able to make sure that some of the benchmarks are actually closed in some ways so that ultimately people can really trust the results that they're seeing. And this is actually something that we recently announced as a partnership with Hug and Face just last week, where we actually developed a new enterprise scenarios leaderboard with their team. And one of the focus uh, of that leaderboard was to be able to make sure that some of the data sets, evaluation data sets, that we released as a part of the leaderboard were closed. And so when you actually list an open source model there, you can use it to really understand, really trust the results that you're seeing across the board.
0: When you say closed, What do you mean?
1: Yeah, so closed set itself just means that we don't actually, for example, publish the the labels and the results that are coming more broadly from a broad set of language models. And being able to only open source a sample of it will give enough confidence that this is, of course, a real thing. But you can't just necessarily take the examples, say, in a context like retrieval, you might have some kind of a question and answer type of use case. And so if you were to open source, both the questions and answers, developers might just take those to then feed directly into their training data set. And they might then use that to improve their model. But then what then ends up happening is you end up overfitting the model against those particular examples. So then when you do actually look at the performance of the model, it might perform really well against those very specific examples, but it might not generalize beyond those examples that might even be somewhat similar. And so then what ends up happening is when you list a leaderboard or you just measure the performance, mm-hmm. it, it might look like the language model is really good and scores very highly. But in reality, that's just not true. And so then what happens is two problems. Mm-hmm. One is there's just a lot of unethical pieces and people can't really trust the way that the model's, model is trained and ultimately developed. But this, on, on this, as a second part of that, you also don't trust the benchmarks anymore because now everyone is trained on them. So the value of the benchmarks has gone down and so being able to keep some of the examples hidden is something that we do, not just as a part of our platform, but also for things like the enterprise scenarios leader. Yeah. Broker- yeah. So preventing
0: people from reading the results and cheating. Exactly. Cheating. Cheating. cheating exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yes, skewing. <laughs> so AI, we talked about the explosive growth. I, I love the space that Patronus is in, ensuring reliability. Are there other things that are potential in the AI space about the growth of AI? that concern you, like what scares you?
1: Yeah, so I'd say a lot of the things that scare me are that just the fact that today, there's just pretty much no rigor around how people are evaluating and, and testing models. So there's actually mm-hmm. a statistic that came out from Menlo, Menlo Ventures a couple of weeks ago that described how over 70% of developers today are just testing a couple of times and they call it a vibe check where they just you know ask mm-hmm. a, a question once or twice and they you know might just kind of feel like maybe it might work and then they kind of just put it out there and they hope that things might be okay but of course with larger companies that's just not you know possible and so that's why with larger companies they've decided to spend a lot more on the human and manual evaluation piece of it to do a lot of these things but of course testing a language model in a very manual way like that is similar to brute forcing a 128-bit password. It's just impossible given the number of types of edge cases and scenarios that you'd have to really account for. So I think that to me is a scary thing. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's been a great conversation. Is there anything else you think folks should know about Patronus?
1: Yeah, I'd say that uh, a lot of companies across the board uh, are using Patronus. And so if this is a problem that you're running into, whether it's being able to to, to really address the hallucination problem or other types of unexpected behavior, we'd love to be able to work with you. And of course, it's been awesome partnering with MongoDB on being able to bring this to market. And a lot of different types of companies have already reached out to ultimately use the joint solution. And so if you're exploring retrieval systems and how to get an awesome solution, being able to use the MongoDB Atlas Vector Store solution, along with Patronus for the reliability piece of it, is something that we can work yeah, with you starting today. That.
0: And thanks for the partnership there. Anand, this has been a great discussion. I'm going to thank you for, for taking time to be on the show and, and help us understand a little bit more about Patronus.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for the awesome questions and uh, looking forward to more. The best is yet to come.